Well, we can't afford not to record. That's our cue. And first episode outside of the man... No, it's not the first episode outside of the man cave. No, no. Because the first episodes were at our parents' house. This is the first episode at your house. Hey, welcome. All right. And Let's I get can say, you, you, you lay things out nice. The smell of fresh-baked cookies in the background. <laughs> <laughs> we got libations provided by the Q's at the last golf tournament. Yes. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce that. No, no need. Haitian rum, though. And now it's time to discuss some heavier topics, I think, this, this time. So what's on your mind? I'm going to let you take this one. Okay. Well, and... <laughs> you were excited, uh... You brought up this movie um, that seems to be generating buzz because you were the first one to actually mention this. Okay. Yes. And so the movie is. And have you watched some of the trailers? I had I had not heard anything about it until you said something. Okay. Well, anybody watching this, like we're beating around the bush here. But if they come in, this is clearly going to be one of the titles of the movie, and it's "The Sound of Freedom" is the movie. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, and I when, when you first mentioned it, I was like, a slave movie. Yeah, because I mentioned Cry of Freedom first. Yeah. Which is, it's not a slave movie, but that, it's an 80s movie with a, uh, Denzel Washington. Is Denzel in Cry of Freedom? I don't know. I feel like it's a South African movie. I can't Sound remember of Freedom, you said, and automatically my mind went to the, um, what's that guy, actor's name? Um, he was in The Great Debaters. Uh, see, now, Denzel was in The Great Debaters. Yeah. He was a, he was a younger uh, character in... And uh, he, 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 most recently, he did a movie where he um, played a, the father of a son who was killed by police. But anyways, in my mind, this was a black movie that you were you were talking about, Sound of Freedom. You know, mm-hmm. the story of a, a slave who. <laughs> okay, and and I, I would think, especially with kind of our heavy pro-black <laughs> background, a lot of that would be something you would Yeah, think. I was amazed. I was like, I hadn't heard of this one. <laughs> All right. But in fact, the movie is, it, it, it's something that I've become aware of because, like I said, I spent a lot of time consuming conservative media. And there's two things that the conservative media is saying about this movie. The first is that it's wildly important in kind of breaking open or giving evidence to what they're all saying about this child sex trafficking cabal that's happening. And then the second thing it's saying is that it's evidence that there's this Hollywood system that's suppressing this movie. And the reason nobody else has heard about it is because the system doesn't want you to know these bad things are happening. And be, and that suppression is going to keep us all ignorant. And so I, I have a desire, one, to not just see the movie, but also to see the movie in the same spirit we saw Uncle Tom, too. <laughs> and so, if, if you hear the ice jiggling, I'm, I'm taking a sip. <laughs> so, and I, I'll start by describing Uncle Tom too. Is a movie that it was produced by black conservatives, um, primarily one that's not necessarily a media outspoken guy. He's not the main person that did it, but in it, he highlighted a lot of the media black conservatives like. Um, Candace Owens is featured in this movie. Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas is mentioned. He's not interviewed because mm-hmm. uh, Clarence Thomas has kind of been famously tight-lipped about speaking. And I've learned recently that some of the reason he's 
said he was tight-lipped is he has a Gullah Geechee background and he has a Gullah Geechee accent. Sometimes he doesn't like to let his, his heritage of an accent slip hmm. out. And so he, he'd rather not speak, and then later on he'll, he'll come by and pick it up uh, and, or give his dissensions through writing in, instead of giving oral dissensions. Hmm. Um, Did not know that. But we were invited to watch this, and I think part of the reason we were invited is there are a lot of conservatives that, that think, you just don't know the truth. If I give you a chance to hear what black conservatives are saying, you'll go, oh, now I get it. And so my hope was instead of watching Uncle Tom by ourselves was to invite some of the folks who would like me to watch it in with them and to create a conversation. And I'd like to do exactly the same thing with this movie as well. Because I have some fears, and I'd like to put this episode out before we invite anyone. Okay. So they can hear all our fears, so it's not like I'm ambushing it. Well, I'm going to go back to that movie, Uncle Tom. Okay. What do you think the outcome of that movie was? <laughs> Us sitting there watching it in, in their company. They didn't get out of it what they wanted, which was us for us to be like, oh, you were right. <laughs> Black people are this way. I don't think they had watched it either. I think some of the things, especially as it got closer to the end, and at the end of the movie, they turned on Martin Luther King Jr. Like, the end of the movie was saying Martin Luther King Jr. and the Civil Rights Movement was a communist movement. Yes. And at this point, none of the folks we're talking to, they're, they're at least a generation below that, that actually hated Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. They're part of the generation that, you know, has listened to the speeches, has at least grown up when we got a Martin Luther King Jr. day. They have a respect for him. So... Hearing him called like a, a, a godless Marxist at the end of the movie, I think, was, go, was, was something that was difficult for them. They said that at the end of the movie? Yeah. The I didn't movie, make it all the way through. At the end of the movie. I'm not going to lie. I, an hour end, I was like, I know where this is going. And I was a very long it. movie. Because it, it took us four sittings to finish it. Yeah. Because we had to stop and have some conversations every once in a while. Things got um, difficult, I think, especially for the black folks to mm. sit and watch silently. Yeah. Well, <laughs> of course, because, you know, we're known for talking through movies. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go there. It was, it was like a horror movie, because <laughs> the whole time I was like, no, that nigga ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> it, did, it did at times feel like a horror movie. Uh, I will... Especially the way um, they were speaking in codes, but I felt like I was able to pick them up. Um, secular education was brought up during mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, secular education is any education out outside of the church or their church. Yeah, it's described in the movie outside yes. of their yes. church. Yes, that, that's how they described it. And I think for most of us sitting there, all of the education stuff felt like a desire to resegregate. Mm-hmm. And so segregation oh. is still very scary because I think you and I especially have seen the benefits of having a desegregated society. There are people I'm in contact with regularly that know I'm okay. Like, I'm not wonderful. I'm not terrible. I'm just okay. They went to school with me. They saw me make mistakes. They're like, that person's real. Mm-hmm. And so when I tell them, you know, like, I'm a liberal, I'm, I'm, Demo- I'm a Democrat, and they go, well, I, I knew you in high school. You didn't come up from Antifa or something. You know, you, didn't sh- <laughs> you weren't shipped in. I know you because I've seen you before. So... That desegregation has given us that opportunity. 
even the opportunity to sit on the Appalachian podcast really came because of desegregation, because you and Billy mm-hmm. went to school. And, and really, we are a first generation of desegregated folks. Yeah. So that connection that, that got us on, on their platform and then essentially led to us having a platform, all of this really came from desegregation. So a fear of a movie saying, hey, segregation wasn't so bad. And they, and they said that a lot. Prior to segregation, we didn't have this. Prior to segregation, black people were taking care of themselves. And so there was a whole lot of, you know, it's not wasn't so bad. Yeah. And I, I think it bothered a lot. It bothered us. It, it did. Um, to the point where I really, I, I gave up. Day two, I'm done. <laughs> I see where this is going. More power to you, Darnell, if you can sit through this with them. Um. I couldn't do it anymore. Well, now I'm asking you to sit through another one with us now. (laughs) And I have have what I believe Cry of Freedom is going to be about. I really think it's going to be, if you give, uh, and especially white men, Mm -hmm. access to weapons and remove their requirement to, to do what the law says, they can fix problems. So you've got child trafficking. Well, let's not follow the rules Mm -hmm. and let's get you some guns and you can go down and you can fix child trafficking. There won't be. I'm going to go kill them all. Mm -hmm. It's it's really this like I'm I'm going to who is. And you know, Dirty Harry. And you know where my mind automatically goes. Where's this? Um, Zimmerman. Yes. That's what I, I feel like we're getting. We're not getting those clean cut James Bond characters going after a the bad Russian. We're going to end up with a bunch of Zimmermans um, hunting us down. But, but, but James because Bond... Because we don't look like we belong. James Bond is a very... Is British, though. Yes. If you think about the American equivalents, Dirty Harrys, um, Charles Bronson's, Steven Seagal's, they're not clean guys. You know? A lot of times they've got a, like a dirty apartment... And the wife left them, and their kids don't really mess with them too much, and they've, they've given up all the good things that they can have in life to keep the streets clean for the average person out there. And it almost sounds like that's what they... And I wonder, I worry sometimes that the idea is, I actually am failing in my marriage. My wife's not particularly happy with me. I'm raising kids that think I'm weird. But you know what? If I can go be a hero and save Nakatomi Towers... <laughs> <laughs> you know, me being a screw up all those years will be okay. And I, I worry that that's some of what is in their minds. That's weird. Um. <laughs> and, and I think this, that's the other thing that worries me about this movie is it's going to give people permission to say, hey, don't follow the rules. Go get your gun and go solve things. And at the end, you'll be a hero. Hmm. That's, that's, pretty, that's, big that's pretty good because uh, we both watched the trailer together and I was like, I got nothing from this movie. <laughs> I have no idea what this movie is about uh, except for uh, we, we have a white savior. And I mean literal because in this one it is this is, <laughs> it's the man that played Jesus in, <laughs> in, in uh, Passion, of the, Passion Christ. of the Christ. And I, I haven't watched Passion of the Christ either. Um, really? That surprises no, me. No, I, I don't think I can. I don't think I've got... I don't think I've got the stomach for it. Really? Yeah. I, from what I understand, it gets pretty graphic 
in terms of the lashings and the nailings, and I kind of got a weak stomach a little bit. Really? I, don't, I don't watch horror movies. This uh, surprises me, because <laughs> I've seen it. Have you? I have. Is it is it gruesome? Uh, yeah, but I... It, it, <laughs> I mean, they're lashing a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it, I felt nothing. Huh. I, can you stand horror movies? Uh, not really, but I've seen Roots. And I think Roots was harder for me to watch, but I've seen it. Or uh, even even worse, uh, 12 Years a Slave, where they actually show him getting his lashings. Uh, it, that resonated with me more, and it was harder for me to watch than this, this guy getting lashings from, from the Jews. And that, man, that is interesting. Because I've also, I've seen... Like you said, I've seen Roots. I've seen uh, Glory. Which, yeah, which this is this is the surprises me that that you. From, well, from what I I now I'm, I'm, we're gonna have to watch this movie together with the Passion of the Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh man, <laughs> I, I think some of my concern is that it is is not Steven Spielberg style beatings. It's not um, Amistad, but it's. Uh, Oh, what's his name that does Pulp Fiction? Quentin Tarantino-style splatter blood. You know what I mean? Like, I just imagine it's, like, the, the whippings and there's blood that splatters everywhere, and it it feels like it's going to be grandiose in its gore to try and drive the point home. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I have trouble going in and seeing it. Now, do you think it that it, it's worse more because of your faith? Mm-mm. Okay, I I don't think it has anything to do with the faith. I have, the, but you I, see I Django. Don't watch it. I watched Django. Um, yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of and I I enjoyed Django, but I also stopped watching um, the Hateful Eight pretty quick. Hmm. I started the Hateful Eight and it came in. They were in the cabin and they started shooting. And it was like. <laughs> Like and I was just like, no, it's not not worth it, <laughs> and I, so I stopped watching it. I'm just not a fan of good stuff because also things stick with me. Okay, <laughs> so I, I I watch something and then I digest it for a very long time. You know, and and I got to bring up one of my first memories of, of of something like this happening when we were growing up. <laughs> I think because uh, growing up, oh. first of all, we never sat slept in our parents' bed. No, you know, we would always sit at the foot of the bed while, I know, while I know they exactly watched the movie. Story. <laughs> and I, I want to say I was probably about eight, so you had to have been 10, 11, 12, 11 or twelve. Oh gosh, I was old. And maybe no, maybe you were younger. This was Germany. It was Germany. So okay. I, so I was in maybe I was seven. School. I was seven. So you might have been ten then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were watching RoboCop. RoboCop. I I and, still remember. And that I remember whole night. You just you you left, and I was like, yeah. and I can tell you, you the scene. I can tell you the scene <laughs> that they had just bought the new robot. Yep. That uh, it wasn't RoboCop yet. It was the big robot, and they said, okay, this thing will find criminals. And so they had this band, and they're like, this band represents criminals. Put it on, and the guy put it on, and it was like, all right, surrender. And then the robot wouldn't stop. So he took the band off and he handed it to the other guy, and then the robot aimed at the other guy, and it was like. Whoever had the band, the robot was going to kill. That's just it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it did. It shot him and it blew him out the window. 
and he died like just a terrible, terrible death. You know, first the bullets and then out the window to, to crash and die. And the randomness of of policing just deciding you're going to die. Huh. Like, just crushed me. It, it, I don't think it was the, the blood or the guts or the bullets or anything. It really was that this decision was made and now it's going to happen. Huh. And you didn't do it. He didn't do anything. Like, we just, it was a side character. We never met this guy. Yeah. He just, I, I, I'm coming into work today, going to the top floor, <laughs> set my briefcase See, down. I think that, that's more than I even thought into the movie. <laughs> I was, I think in my mind, I was like, oh, the robot malfunctioned. It's not working like they meant for it to. Uh, had no, I, I didn't even think about the, the character that was, that was killed. It, you know, it never dawned on me that it was a malfunction. <laughs> really? Mm-mm. I, I understand it was a malfunction, but I, I, what they were planning to do to put this robot out on the streets with that many weapons, mm. that was the plan in the first place. Mm-hmm. You don't arm something this big unless you wanted to immediately kill people without checking why. Mm. Wow, that's deep, man. So that's for a ten-year-old. Well, and I, <laughs> that was part of the problem because then, like, everybody was trying to console me, and they're like, "The blood's not real." But how does a ten-year-old explain, like, I don't like the randomness in which this guy was killing? And so mm. I really was not able to describe that. But man, yeah, that one tore me up. Mm. Um, and it's such a silly movie. It is because uh, I watched it again as an adult, and it's. <laughs> Did you see his Snickers underneath? The, <laughs> not a, the plastic. They, uh, but it, man, it, it tore me up. That and I, and I, man, I digest and I've I've digested on it since even still. Mm. Um, man, but I can I can clearly picture that night sitting at that foot of that bed and that scene happening and me breaking out of there because uh, that was too much. Mm. Um, <laughs> I think you might have ruined the PG-13 rating for us for a while. I did, and and couldn't even explain what was bothering me about it. Mm. Because I think we'd seen some other movies before that had some blood and guts, and even the, the like, Dirty Harry movies of the 80s didn't bother me too much, because they really established, like, this guy's in here, he's holding up a liquor store, and he's got a gun to somebody's neck. You're like, well, that guy, he, you know, he's supposed to die. But this guy, he just came into work. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't do anything. It was oh. just Tuesday. Wow. Okay. <laughs> now, I feel like we're, we're getting off, off tangent. So, um, to reel it back in. Okay. We were talking about this movie. Um, the Sound of Freedom. Yes. But you know what I figured out from the trailer? Yes. That the sound of freedom is the kids happy at the end. That is the sound of freedom. So at the end, because they they showed the trailer, and the trailer was kind of hard to follow. Yes. Like, it sounds like he was an FBI agent Mm -hmm. who discovered child trafficking and went to the FBI and was like, we got to stop it. And And the FBI is like, not our problem. Not our problem. We don't do that. I need you to go after the taxes of these people in the Midwest who <laughs> get back to your job, Johnson. And so he's like, I'm turning in my badge and my gun. Because <laughs> I got plenty of guns at home. I'm going to go fight for what I believe in. And he tells his wife, and his wife's like, you got to do what you got to do. I believe in you. And <laughs> married to black women, 
I, I can't imagine that same level of support. Oh, heck like no. me coming home, you know, I got I got 15 years on the job, I got a pension set in, but baby, listen. Oh, we're going out today and I'm gonna hunt down bad guys. How much does that pay? <laughs> it's actually gonna it, cost uh, us money. <laughs> oh, stop right there. <laughs> Who you on the phone with? Your boss? I'm yep. going to call him back and see what is wrong with you. Yeah, I'm here with him. <laughs> Talk about leaving. He did not mean it, sir. <laughs> so, very supportive wife. Hey, get out he there. He will be there tomorrow morning to pick up his badge. <laughs> but it, here's the other crazy part. In order for this to happen, what I now imagine happens in the movie is he then leaves his wife and child to go to foreign countries to kill people instead of staying home and reading to his children, mm -hmm. having dinner with his wife, creating a supportive network, going to his church every Sunday, mm -hmm. doing the kind of things that builds community, running those softball teams, the soccer teams, doing the coaching you do, those kind of things prevent child trafficking. When kids are involved, when you can see, you know, this kid has been happy all week, he comes into practice Thursday, he's not talking to anybody. He's not, you know. So what you're saying is, rather than this man going to this third world country to save this one instant, he could have brought awareness. <laughs> I think <laughs> the white savior, you can be a savior at home. Mm -hmm. He could have stayed home and stopped child trafficking in his home. Because we know the same kind of issues happen here locally. Now, I'll also say, um, we are going to have to do a follow-up episode after we watch the movie. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of what we're saying is, is speculation based on, on the trailer, which showed, gave nothing. Well, now, I'll also say, not just the trailer for me. Okay. The other part for me is, again, I am very steeped in, in what I consider to be conservative media. Mm -hmm. And... The last little hold is because they, they've really abandoned a lot of the things. It's not big taxes. We're not cutting spending. We're not looking out for the little person. A lot of those things, there's no policy there for. Mm -hmm. But what they're saying is whatever they're doing is really about saving the kids. We, we can't have these terrible book, pornographic books in the libraries because we're saving the kids. We can't have men... Uh, who have decided they're transgender in those bathrooms in those bathrooms or on those athletic fields mm -hmm. because we're saving the kids and not only that but if you're a democrat democrats want to unsave the kids mm -hmm. the point of <clears throat> that 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 is their their excuse when we when I come to them and say hey listen as democrats we want to make sure that your child who is trying to work right now with this heavy burden of student loans doesn't have those loans anymore. Who pays for it? Well, we're all going to pay for it. We're going to chip in. We're going to make sure those student loans are paid off, covered, handle it through taxes with the belief that your kid's not going to take that $300 a month he's spending on student loans and put it in an offshore account. We think that kid is going to pay the daycare center mm. or buy groceries. Buy a new vehicle. Buy a new vehicle. Go out to eat at one of the local restaurants. We know what middle class and poor people do with their money. They put it back in the economy. Yes. So let's give your child more money. And a lot of them will go, well, I do have a kid who has student loans. I do think 
that they've been a burden on them. But I can't agree with you because you're a child molester. Ooh. And if you're not personally, you're supporting a party that supports it. And I can't prove it. But if I can quit my job and get on a plane and go to South America, I can follow that trail. And it's going to lead back to Democrats. It's going to lead back to liberals. Okay. Well, um, since you mentioned that, I am noticing that this, this seems to be a common theme. Uh, it was the theme of Uncle Tom where they were getting to the secular education mm-hmm. and, you know, universities, going to a university, mm-hmm. the secular education, you're learning un- and secular to them and pretty much was anti-Christian. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the, that's one of the big takeaways I got from that whole meeting is that communism, Marxism, secularism all means anti-Christian, mm-hmm. which is difficult for me because I'm very Christian. Which uh, it's it's hard for me to believe because I've heard them call you, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, have referred to you as, as a Marxist. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if you're calling him anti, you know, you know, non-Christian, you're wrong. Like, <laughs> call me so much to the point where, I, like, I went and bought the Communist Manifesto. Mm. Like, I have a copy of it. Uh, and I was embarrassed to buy it. Bought it with cash, and I <laughs> put it in the brown bag and tucked it home. And I got a bookshelf in my garage. I won't put it on there. Uh, <laughs> well, you don't want to put it on display. Uh, I think even bad books are worth reading. So, and, and inside of even bad books, there's usually good ideas. So mm-hmm. I'm never, I've never been embarrassed of anything I've read. I'm scared to admit that this is something I've read. I can see that. But I also don't see where any of what's in this book applies to my life. I haven't finished it because it's not like a great read. Mm. It's, it's well, it's not only your life, boring, but to uh... and it's very antiquated in its ideas. <clears throat> I, well, so I guess you say that you don't see where it, it, it is applied to your life, or even. I don't, th- I don't see how what Karl Marx was asking for <laughs> can work in a world with middle managers. Because mm. it, it really relies on you got to have a, a bourgeoisie and a proletariat. you got to have poor, poor people and rich people. Mm-hmm. And what we've got is we've got some very, very rich people, some rich people, some middle class people. We've got some poor people. And then we've got destitute. And we've got this gamut. And so there's no way to pin a gamut across each other. There's just a group of people that's kind of always looking back and going, boy, if I make less money next year, you know, I'm going to slip from middle class to lower middle class. And then there's people in the lower middle class going, gosh, if I don't keep up, I'm going to slip into poverty. Yeah. And then there's people in poverty going, if I don't slip up, I'm going to end up destitute. But there's no way that we can be fighting against each other because we're all afraid. Yeah. <laughs> like if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, and I think this honestly goes all the way up to the top. I think there are billionaires that are like, oh, oh boy, you know, if I don't go into work today, <laughs> I'm going to lose my Learjet. And if I don't have my Learjet, I can't go into work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And 50 people are going to lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. I think like Kanye uh, talking to Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. billionaires don't <laughs> <laughs> wear jewelry. Wear jewelry. <laughs> Put on your chain. <laughs> uh, I guess I, that's, that's what my... my 
I can't see the Communist Manifesto being effective. Mm. And I think the same thing is true about this movie. What this movie is about to open up or expose is not going to be helpful in terms of curtailing child trafficking in the United States or limiting sexual or physical abuse. I think the Me Too movement, which, which most people are scared to death of, has probably done more for child trafficking than anything else. Hmm. Because if grown women were afraid to stand up and say, I have been sexually abused, what do we think children are going to do? Yeah. So the first thing to say, listen, if you have been sexually abused, you are allowed to speak up. And not only are you allowed to speak up, but chances are as soon as you do, there are going to be other women that are going to feed off your bravery. If we start telling kids the same thing, when you speak up, somebody's going to believe you. And somebody's going to look into it. That's going to stop child trafficking. That's going to stop child sexual abuse more than some guy with a gun. And that is my belief. Okay. And I think this movie is going to push away from that. It's saying, listen, if you let some white man with a gun not tell anybody what he's doing and have no accountability, he's going to solve it for you. <laughs> and that, that scares me. And not only that, it's a redemption. If you have a bad marriage, you're a bad father. Yes. <laughs> that six years you spent in the jungle chasing these folks instead of taking your kid to T-ball, all forgiven. Mm. So that's, that's my hope is to see this movie, is to see this movie and afterwards set up a space and see if other people see the same things I have. Hopefully they will have listened to this episode and they will go, you're crazy? Here's what I'm actually thinking, or you know, maybe maybe you're right. I, I don't know what I don't know what they're looking for in, into this. Um, other than what I've you know, now, uh, since you did bring it up, I, I saw one post from uh, somebody on my friend friends list, mm -hmm. and they said that it was very informative and eye opening. Is that, I guess to bring awareness of, of what is actually going on. And and from what I from the trailer, it didn't look like this was concentrating on child trafficking in America. Yeah, I think that's the other that's the other thing it looked like. Like to me, I when you said it was about trafficking, I was like, oh, you know, it's gonna be something about um who they've been targeting. Bill Gates and Tom Hanks. They're gonna Yeah, I think that's what it is. Is they they he's gonna go after the cabal. So in, in the trailer, there was the, uh, the creepy guy on the computer, you know, that we all think of as, as the person that's consuming this child trafficking hopes in, mm -hmm. in the United States. That's one of the persons that looked like they were taken down in the trailer. There is, you know, what looked like a whole South American continent, <laughs> country, that is being attacked and that's where the actual trafficking is coming from. And it looked like most of the trafficked children were from, were of, of Hispanic descent. Mm -hmm. It looked like they were from somewhere in, in South America. And so, I, I, again, I'm not certain. Is All the bad guys are the cabal. It's not the guy who's at home on his computer being creepy. Mm-hmm. It's actually the whole internet. It's a whole cabal. It's, it's Tom Hanks and all these people 
doing these terrible, terrible things, uh, which I, I don't know. So, pretty much people in power. Yes. If you have power and wealth, you're using that power and wealth to so we're child traffic. At, uh, we're looking at the 1%, I guess you could almost say. Yes, I, I think so. Um, I, I, we got to get some more statistics on this because in my mind, I feel like 1% can't be responsible for most of the uh, child trafficking or rape and incest that's going on in, in, in the United States, which we really need to be focusing on. No, it doesn't make any sense. No. It, uh, uh, so, and, and you did bring up a point uh, to this. Uh, we don't want to look at family members. So uh, incest. Yes. So we will often use the term incest. And we'll use the term incest when what's really happening is, is a it's, rape inside mm -hmm. of a family. And we don't want to say, oh, we got this creepy uncle who is a rapist. Mm -hmm. And so instead we'll say, oh, you know, it was an, uh, the baby happened because of an incestuous relationship. It wasn't a relationship. It was a rape. It was a rape mm -hmm. that happened, and you have a family member who was a rapist. And what I know, and I, I think this is one of those issues, um, and especially when we start getting into these banned books, this is not just a white person's issue. No, we know it's not. We know it's not. Uh, the Bluest Eye, which is one of the books that's asking to be banned, is, is about a sexual assault on a young girl by a family member. Hmm. Um, Oprah's story centers around that in, in some of her biographical writings. Mm -hmm. So when they take some of these books off the shelf, I think it, one, it removes the idea that uh, this can happen, that this does happen. You're not alone. If, if, you're, if you're reading this book, you're not the only person that this has happened to, that it was wrong and you were not the person that was wrong. And I think even for males reading these books and going, he didn't just instant, he, like, he wasn't immediately creepy. Mm -hmm. He had little steps up to getting creepy. And sometimes we pat people on the back for those little steps. When, when boys are overly aggressive, we go, oh, look at him, he's a ladies' man. You know, go, go grab that girl. And we do, we do things that encourage. And then when the kid goes too far, they're all of a sudden like, oh, I don't know where they got that from. You know. Yeah, or just total disbelief. Oh, uh, that, that, I know that him. He's mine. a good kid. Ah, that one's mine. That's exact. That's where I. I that, that's my own issue. Is it's it's hard for me to believe these things can happen, and so I can get dismissive. Well, it's 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 difficult not to, um, because what is character? Character is, is what you choose to show somebody. Oh, oh, that man. Um, gosh, I, I had, uh, I took a client to see a local doctor. Excellent guy, you know, great personality, mm -hmm. very caring. Now, this is this the doctor or the? This is the doctor. Client. Oh, okay. doctor. So you got the, the um, doctor's very caring. Took several clients to see him. Uh, turns out, you know, they found a gangload of, uh, um, child pornography on his computer. A doctor? Yes. Um, if I had to vouch for his character, you know, I, I'm, you vouching, would have. I'm vouching for what he showed me. What he showed you. Yeah. And I, I think this, 
that that statement overall is exactly what also scares me about this movie is this belief that they have to leave to find the problem hmm. instead of recognizing that it's here in our communities mm-hmm. and that our own children deserve protection and that the way we protect our children is to be visible. And I was a scout leader and I was a scout leader uh, just after. So, so you and I, we were scout leaders together. <laughs> yes. And so we got into scouting just about the time that it was breaking that there were some issues in scouting. Yes. And scouting, they were pretty good at like not letting everybody know how bad it was. And so... Until they had no choice. Until they had no choice. But when we were in there, what they were doing is they were revamping. They were putting in new rules. They were pushing things. Uh, and so a lot of the new rules as we came in just seemed like common sense rules because some of it was like there shouldn't be an adult in the tent. And I was like, why would there be an adult in the tent with the kids? <laughs> and so some of this really or that felt, there should be more than one adult. Yes. And I, because I even remember going to one of the trainings and it was an old school guy training, put in the VHS cassette. And so <laughs> when we were at DVD world at this point, but he put in the VHS cassette and one of the scouts was having some trouble. So he was like, come on over here. And he put the kid on his lap. And <laughs> the trainer had to like stop the video. Like, hey, this is an old video. We don't do this. <laughs> don't put. <laughs> do you think it's because he knew what was going on within the organization? Uh, yes, I think he knew. I think he knew that the organization was under attack. So he's look, looking at this. I was supposed to pause here and fast forward. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think he knew that. I don't think the organization had. I think he was training his old way. Mm-hmm. And when that scene came up. He was like, oh, no. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that's looking This is the kind of stuff that's looking, looking frowned upon. The rest of the, and some of the video was really, really good. Because one part in the video that I still think about is it talked about you'll have kids that'll grow at different heights. Mm-hmm. And so at one point, the scout leader was like, hey, Jimmy, you know, go over there and, and set the tent. And Jimmy's tall, but mm-hmm. he's young. And so he goes to put the tent together and he gets bored and he stops and you know now they're all like stuck in the dark trying to put the tent back together and scout leader's mad at Jimmy. And at the same time there's another kid, now I call him Timmy, who's older but he's short. Mm-hmm. And so he's not giving this kid duties and he's like, Well that kid's gonna quit on you. He's capable of doing things and you're ignoring him. And then the kid that's young, because you're, you're asking at him, too much of you're him. asking too much of it, he's mm-hmm. gonna quit too. <laughs> Because you're always mad at him for messing things up. But he's like, he's a kid. So some of the video, I think, was excellent. I I could see why he used it. I could see why he was like, hey, don't don't do this as well. But those kind of common sense things, having more adults there helped. Yeah. I think, for our scout troop especially, we constantly had moms, moms, and grandmas. And honestly, I will say that... uh... The mothers were the reason that we we were able to. We were the <laughs> only reason our troop got any good. Yes, was because moms started stepping in and organizing us to go to places. They started, but I don't. As long as the families were there, I don't know how problems could have happened. If it had gotten down to the point where it was like just an adult and it was like, all right, now all you parents go home. That would have caused problems. And now you and I, we embraced parents from the beginning. Like when parents came in, especially by the second or third year, we had like sign-up sheets. He was like, oh, <laughs> listen, when they come in, you're going to do the Pledge of Allegiance with them. And when you come in... So I think as long as you were there, 
you can prevent it because you're seeing it happen. You're you're in the, in the place. Um, and I'm, it's not always true because, um, gosh, the gymnastics team. Some of that abuse happened while the parents were present. Really, the doctor would be examining some <clears> of the <throat> girls, and he would do things. He would mess with them while the parent was there. Hmm. And I, I think some of it was because he was a doctor, a medically trained doctor, people were like, that's, I guess that's normal. Or, you know, I'm not going to look over that curtain. Uh, mm. Yeah, so as much as that's like, we can help this way, sometimes we cannot. Um, but I think the other big part of it is, this goes back to the Me Too, is some of those girls left those doctor's appointments and said, Mom, I don't like, I don't like him touching me. Yeah. And probably the same where you weren't able to vocalize why that movie bothered uh -huh. you. They weren't able to... They weren't able to vocalize either. Yeah. They knew that something was wrong and and mm -hmm. it didn't seem right, but they weren't able to vocalize. Yeah, okay. And, and a lot of parents would have just thought, well, nobody likes having a physical. You know, I, I'm an adult. And when it was time for me to go to scout camp, Dr. Bumgarner had to give me a physical every year. And I never enjoyed dropping my pants and no. coughing. <laughs> Still don't know what need to know why we cough. I, I guess your hernias shake loose, but it also feels like if you came in like, oh, <laughs> just let me go, Doc. I, I can make it. <laughs> Throw in the towel, rock. <laughs> like I'm a, I was a 30 year old man. If it was hurting, I was gonna. Be, I'm not going to camp this year because <laughs> I've got a hernia. <laughs> <laughs> but I can understand discomfort. And so I think a lot of the parents thought, oh, they're just uncomfortable, but you have to have a physical. And it was more than uncomfort. Mm -hmm. um, well, so that, that's, that's the hope. Now, we've got another episode with uh, cast therapy that should play. They, people should have just heard the cast therapy episode, and then they're going to hear this episode. Okay. Uh, is there anything you want to close this episode out on? Because I think the other big thing is it's going to be the invitation. So we should have a face. This Hopefully this episode will be our first Facebook episode. Okay. And on this Facebook episode, I'm hoping to have an invitation where people can sign up and take one of the other two microphones for a 15 to 30 minute interview after the movie and talk now, to us about how they feel about it. Not going to lie, this Looks like it's a straight-to-DVD type deal. It's playing in Westlake. It's playing, okay. So my hope is to, to get with Westlake, uh, schedule a time for us, and then see if the library will let us set up to do the audio. Worst case scenario, we may set up out in the parking lot. That's what I was thinking. And I think I, I'd be fine with that. So we'll, we'll call and we'll check in, and uh, if it doesn't work out, I'll just cut this part of the audio out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is there anything you want to add in? Oh, no, no. Um, definitely need to, to follow up on this. Um, this is cast. Oh, this is not, not, no, we're going to steal cast therapy. It cast therapy. You, you, you got to go a lot smoother but, yeah, than that. Yeah, my, my voice is definitely in the smell. This is just mine seems scrambled like a burned out candle with half the wicker missing and a nothing for flame. Give me a savior that takes me away. Give 
Like an old state. 